Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Companions of the Message. This is Sara. And this is Maha. So unfortunately, we recorded our third episode yesterday with our guest speaker. The recording actually got deleted. So me and Maha are going to be re-recording the episode, inshallah, and sharing the tips and advice that Shala shared with us yesterday. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we're going to be discussing marriage and the expectations that you should have, the differences that you may experience with your spouse, how to settle those differences, how to deal with your husband or your wife in a way that maintains like a healthy marriage, exactly. healthy relationship. I feel like a lot of the advice we're giving is to maintain the marriage. So you're now engaged with your husband or your wife, right? What's the next step after engagement? It's what, Sada? Marriage. Marriage, right? And how do you make that marriage happen? In Islam, you have to have a contract. There's the kitab. That's what makes your marriage official Islamically. Then you also have to do it by the courts and wherever you are from, like, you know, whatever legal system you guys have. Mm -hmm. So when you get married, you have to have a contract. And I want to start with this first before we actually even get to marriage, right? For those of us who are still not even at that step of being married, we also have to know how to get into that marriage. So we need the contract. And I want you to know, like, as a sister, I'm going to be speaking to the sisters right now. You are to put whatever you can't compromise in that contract. Whether it's you working, if that's something you feel like you cannot live without, put that in your contract. I was reading this book and I really recommend it. It's called Before You Tie Your Knot and it hits everything. Like where to even meet your spouse, what to do during the engagement, who to consider, why do we even get married, qualities of a great marriage. So please check it out before you tie the knot. Whether you're married or not married, it's a really, really good book and has great tips. It was mentioning that in that contract, Sada, you can put that he's not allowed to get remarried. Oh my god. In terms of like if he does do it, you are clear to divorce him without ever returning back the mahr. And the mahr like mm-hmm. we mentioned last week is that dowry, whatever money or, or agreement you guys agree on that he has to pay for the marriage to exist. You can put in your contract that you are allowed to divorce him and not lose your mahr. So subhanallah, like these are things like I didn't even know that a woman can put in her contract. Yeah. So please check out the book before you tie the knot. So I wanted to begin with an ayah that's mentioned in a lot of wedding invitations. It's that number one ayah that's brought up where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, thought if you can read that ayah from Surah Al-Rum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah says, and one of his signs is that he created for you spouses from among yourselves so that you may find comfort in them. And he has placed between you compassion and mercy. Surely in this are signs for people who reflect. So subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he put between us mawadda and rahmah. When you are getting married to this person, you are agreeing to take care of this person, to love this person, to be there for them financially, emotionally, however you want to say it, you are this person's person, right? Mm-hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this is a sign of him, right? Not only that, but Allah says he put between us mawadda and rahma. What is mawadda and rahma? Mawadda is like compassion, kindness, love, everything that's a result of love. Right? And then rahma. If ever you and your husband or you and your spouse are arguing and you're upset and you lose that love and that kindness, let there be mercy. Let there be respect. Let that be your safety net of whatever you're going through with your husband or your spouse. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he begins by saying that he created us in pairs. And it's mentioned a lot throughout the Quran, right? When we say pairs, it means we are only allowed to exist because of this pair existing alongside us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists without anyone. He is enough for himself. He is self-sufficient. He is a samad. He doesn't need anything or anyone to be himself. Unlike us where we need to balance one another. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the source, he is also the source of love. My dad, he's like so poetic. Like he'll be like, I love love because of its source. 
Wow. So I look at my dad. I'm like, you too smooth for this, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> Allah so Subhanahu sweet. wa Taala is the source of love. So your marriage should symbolize a triangle. Where Allah is at the peak and you and your spouse are at the bottom base of it. And as you are getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in essence, you're getting closer to one another. And this should be part of your marriage dynamic that you two should be striving to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just about companionship and having children and creating a legacy. It's about getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now that you mentioned that, Maha, it reminds me of the other ayah in the Quran where Allah addresses marriage. Mm -hmm. So in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That your spouses are a garment for you as you are for them. I love that ayah so much. When you think of that ayah, what does that mean to you? To me, it just means you are your husband's covering and he's the same for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you cover each other's flaws, you cover each other's insecurities. You sort of bring out the best in each other. When you do hear that ayah, you are to cover your husband's flaws. You are not to openly bash your husband just because of, you know, the setting. And the same thing for the husband. No one should be willingly throwing their spouse's flaws into the open. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you are a garment, when you think about garments, right? You think about clothes, you think about their function and their purpose. When you're looking to buy clothes, you look at the quality, you look at the material, you look at the durability, you look at the style, how it fits you, you look at when you can even wear it. Seasonal clothing, you have spring clothes, you have winter clothes, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking of the garments for your husband and for his wife, Allah is talking about we need to be garments for one another that is durable. That can last. We're not meant to just be seasonal. We're supposed to be able to be worn or to be taking care of each other no matter what season we're in. No matter how tough it gets, we are to be there for one another. I don't just drop you because, oh, you know, it's getting a little bit too hard. I can't cover you completely, right? Yeah. You have to make sure that you are your husband or you are your wife's garment and that you are taking care of them regardless of the circumstances and constantly adjusting to them to make sure you fit them and making sure they fit you. And that means you have to be constantly aware of who your spouse is becoming. So if you see your spouse becoming more practicing and more religious or closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should be matching that garment and beautifying him in his journey as he will beautify you. Whatever is applied to the husband is obviously applied for the wife. When you buy an outfit, you go out with, with pride, right? Yeah. You go out wanting someone to see what you have. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with your spouse. Like You shouldn't be walking around in shame in your marriage. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be embarrassed of who your husband is. This garment is to beautify you and to cover your flaws like you mentioned. I really love this ayah and I never actually thought about the garments part. Mm -hmm. The fact that your spouse is constantly changing, you're constantly changing. And I think even with friendships, that's why friends have a fallout sometimes yeah. because one person starts changing and the other person doesn't want to adjust. Yeah. The other person's like, why are you becoming so mature or why are you all of a sudden becoming more religious or whatnot? And mm -hmm. so it's important that subhanAllah, like you become your husband's garment as he should be for you. Yeah. Okay, inshallah. So now we're going to look at the questions that we received from people mm -hmm. and the advice that people sent us. So a question I received more than once was, what are the expectations of being married? What to expect and what to look for? So something Shala mentioned yesterday was knowing your husband enough and knowing when he's not being himself. And so when he comes home and he's, you know, really upset or really angry or he looks really stressed, not making it about yourself. Being yeah. able to like read his energy and knowing that, you know what, maybe something happened at work yeah. or maybe he's just really stressed from something else and allowing him to vent to you, yeah. like allowing him to, to open up um, and to release that stress. 
I like that a lot, not making it about you. Mm-hmm. I feel like as wives or as husbands, like as soon as you see your wife behaving differently, you bring it back to you. Oh, it's something I did. She's mad at me. He's been out all day and now he's going to come angry to me, right? So I love that point of not making it about you mm-hmm. and understanding like when we talk about expectations of a marriage, one of the best advice I received from sisters, like again, I don't know much brothers, so I couldn't get the other perspective of marriage from their end. But a sister said, it's to not compare your marriage to other marriages. Mm-hmm. That your marriage is so unique. And the same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you, Sada, to be unique and distinct and yourself. You know, no one can be like you. So why are we trying to make our marriages like one another? That is so true. Right? When we as individuals are so unique, mm-hmm. our marriages will be the same. We need to stop comparing our marriages to others. Right? And it's not a fail because it's not like the successful marriage that your friend has. Her successful marriage is different from your successful marriage, right? The mm-hmm. same way our ihsan is different, your marriage's success will be different. There are great tips and qualities to have to create a great marriage, yeah. but it looks different with each pair. Something else that someone mentioned to me was that when someone gives you advice, you don't always have to take the advice that they give you. <laughs> and I honestly never thought of that. You should be able to identify what advice you should be applying to your marriage mm-hmm. and what advice doesn't work. So another tip we received is... When you see that your spouse is getting angry or getting upset, choosing to stay calm in that moment Mm -hmm. until that person becomes more level-headed, until they come back to normal and their emotions are stable again, and vice versa, right? So when he sees that you're getting upset, he should choose to stay calm because if you guys are both getting angry, things will end up like getting blown out of proportion. The argument or the problem starts dragging. And it's literally for no reason but but because one person decided to match the other person's energy when they should have been the bigger person. Yeah, for the moment, right? For the moment, We're not saying like your whole marriage carry the marriage. No, but everyone has to do their part. And another sister she mentioned, she said for her advice, this was her only advice, it was very short and sweet, when you do have those moments of arguing or bickering or whatever the case is and you're over the argument but you're still not talking. And you want to talk, but you don't know how to do it, Mm -hmm. right? So she said, you know, always go back to your husband. And even for the husband, always go back to your wife. It's not a show. She said, you're not on a show. No one's watching your marriage. No one's judging you for going back to your husband. At the end of the day, this is your marriage. This is your person. This is your pair. You have to take care of each other. That was what you agreed to when you married this person. So she said, like, always go back to him. What is it to you? Like, what is it going to take from you? If anything, it's going to beautify your marriage. It's going to make him more eager to return to you faster before you do right and I love that advice because I feel like a lot of the problems that we have is because we've made our marriage a show we're telling too many people about our problems in our marriages so that way when if I tell Sada what my husband did naturally Sada is going to follow up and like oh whatever happened did you guys fix it whatever And and I have to tell her yeah I went back to him imagine every time I tell Sada a problem about me and my husband and she follows up on it I have to constantly tell her I went back to him and then that pride starts to like fester right and that ego I'm like wow I really am the one always going back to him or I am always fixing the marriage he never puts in any effort when it's not about that right don't make your marriage about who goes back to who first just know that it's your responsibility exactly in the end when you're humbling yourself to this person you're also humbling yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better than anything any Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless your marriage for your humility one advice that was given about like you know when you come into your house and you might be coming in upset uh, advice she was given was that before before you enter your home, chew gum. That's because so because when you chew gum, it changes the facial structure and allows oh, your angry okay. face to now have like a different kind of like... Mm-hmm. So you don't look upset when you're coming yeah. home. Yeah. So something that we talked about yesterday with Shala was 
not arguing in front of your kids and how that can be like almost a traumatic experience for your kids imagine your kids growing up all they're exposed to when it comes to marriage is their parents arguing yeah and she actually mentioned that she never saw her mom arguing with her husband because whenever they were arguing they would leave the house and they would go for a walk yeah and they would solve their issue while they were walking outside away from their kids and I think that's a beautiful thing I also have like a similar experience I didn't grow up seeing my parents arguing and so for me when I think of marriage I think of a beautiful thing yeah the standards and the expectations that I have are positive ones yeah whereas when I see other people sometimes for them it's more of like them thinking of all the ways that they can deal with a marriage like it's going to be something that they're going to eventually have to put up with yeah that's the kind of experience that you're you're giving your kids mm-hmm. and you don't want that for your kids you want them to see marriage as a beautiful thing because it truly is a beautiful thing in the end right this is literally half your deen you get rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for getting married that's what we're trying to accomplish in this episode it's trying to change that perception of marriage that it's you being a pair after being single and whole and beautiful you being a pair you being with someone makes you even more beautiful yeah. right adds even more barakah and more blessing into your life very true and that also doesn't mean not to show your children a healthy way to resolve your problems with your husband mm-hmm. like it's it's great that you don't argue in front of your kids but it's also great to show them like how to if necessary with respect yeah. With, you know, knowing that, you know, there is an audience, like your children are watching, right? So making sure that you have like a middle ground, but never to the point where you disrespect one another in front of your children. Remember, mawadda and rahma, have some compassion and kindness. And if there's none of that, have mercy, be respectful to one another. And building on that, right, setting your standards, setting those expectations of your husband. Two or three newlywed friends that I had, like their number one advice and subhanallah like they sent them to me privately so it wasn't as if they were influenced by one another but their number one advice was set your expectations if you don't show your husband he's to help you around in the house he will never put in that effort the second year and you cannot expect that the third and fourth year right or even with child rearing right so when you do have your first child making him part of that allowing him to be part of you know changing the diapers helping you with making a bottle taking turns at night with the baby because if you don't do it from the beginning he's going to always expect that this is not part of his task or the expectations you have on him and then when the second child comes around right another sister said like you know i tried to do that with the second child and it didn't work like it was very hard to have him be more helpful with the second child because i didn't set that expectations with the first one so making it clear for the both male and female setting those expectations of how you want your wife to be supportive of you and for the wife as well how can your husband support you and no one's better than the prophet the prophet used to help around in the house right yeah. he used to do his own laundry like when i think of that i'm just like subhanallah like what a man you know mm-hmm. okay so the next advice that someone gave us was having open communication with your husband or with your spouse and she mentioned the love languages and so we know the love languages are words of affirmation gifts acts of service quality time and physical touch And so it's important to know your own love language. And so having open and clear communication is making it clear to them that I want to be loved in this way. Yeah. Or I want to be spoken to in this way. So for you, if you like getting gifts or if you like quality time and your husband is constantly trying to compliment you, right? Then you obviously have to tell him, this is what I want. And you can't expect your spouse to read your mind. That's what, that's what she said, right? Like you can't expect yeah. your husband to be a mind reader and know exactly what you want. And that's what one of the sisters said. She was married for over 20 years. She said, no matter how long you've been married, your husband still won't know you completely. You are constantly changing as an individual and you might change your love language. Yeah. Like maybe in the beginning of the marriage, it was physical touch. And maybe now it's acts of service. You want him to be more present in the house and helping you and, you know, supporting you in that way. So understanding like love language, it's so important. Like we, we mentioned this with parents, right? Yeah. But of course, of course, it's so important with your spouse. You have to know like no one is like your spouse. 
the Prophet ﷺ and the Battle of Uhud, right? After the battle, so many companions died, and one of the women, the Prophet was telling her, your father died. And she was like calm and she was collected. She said, okay. And then he said, and your brother also died. Again, calm and collective. And then she, he said, your husband died. And she started to wail and cry. Wow. There's no one like your husband. And there's no one like your wife. There's your mom. There's your siblings. The Prophet Sallallahu said that there's no one like your spouse. There's no one like a husband. So it, it shows you that like, you, know, you, you have to appreciate this person in your life. They are a blessing. Um, but going back to love language, right? Like you said, it's like someone telling you my favorite chocolate is milk chocolate and his is dark chocolate and he just keeps giving you what he loves. He keeps giving you dark chocolate. Yeah. You don't like it. It's not going to work. It's still chocolate, yeah. but it's not the chocolate you want. You have to give the love that people want and not the love you want. And that's a problem. We're constantly loving people the way we want to be loved. And then but, we get upset when they don't like it. Exactly. And a lot of this one sister was like, you know, whenever he doesn't notice, if I'm upset with him ever, she changes her Facebook icon. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a picture of him and her. Yeah. And then when he when he upsets her, she removes it and just it's her. <laughs> <laughs> and he realizes it like automatically. Like, okay, I got to go home and like, you know, talk it out with her. But subhanAllah, like the Prophet ﷺ had, he was amazing with the love languages. When you talk about affirmation, the Prophet ﷺ, when he was asked who was his best companion, he said who? Aisha. He said Aisha, right? And then he's like, okay, from the men. He and then said he her father. Her father, right? Imagine how Aisha Anha felt when she heard about this. She wasn't there. Yeah. You know? God knows where she was. And then hearing this come back to her, like, oh, the Prophet proclaimed his love in front of the guys, which is not really, you know, a normal thing to do. But, like, he let her know she's loved no matter where he is. And I feel like when it comes to this, we never talk good about our spouses. I am sitting in so many gatherings and I avoid gatherings now, especially when it's with married people because it's all just about miserable marriages or about the husband being this and that. And it's nothing positive. Like we are so busy focusing on complaining about this blessing in our life that we're, we don't even appreciate the small things. And I feel like this has become such a toxic trait in our community where we are constantly talking bad about our marriages or constantly talking negative about our husbands or our wives. This is your, your garment. And also, Maha, not just complaining to your friends, but even complaining to your family. That's another advice that we received, which is stop complaining to your family members about your spouse. Yeah. Right? Because after you've made up with your husband or with your spouse, your family hasn't made up with them. <laughs> right? Like, they'll still have an opinion about your spouse. They'll yeah. still think, oh, wow, he's this is the way he's treating my daughter. Or this, yeah. is, this is what my daughter's experiencing every day that she's living with him. And you don't want them to view your husband in that way. Yeah. Advice that I actually received from my mom, that once you're married, the relationship becomes between you and your spouse. You shouldn't allow anyone else to control the decisions that you make including your parents yeah. so as much as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises the parents and you know you have to show respect to your parents once you get married they no longer have the right to dictate the affairs of your marriage yeah. I think that's such a huge problem Sada because it's something that a lot of marriages are ending on because of the disrespect or something that happened between the father or my father would never let me go back this is not your father's marriage right this is your marriage so be very careful what you complain to to your mom and your dad and your siblings because they will never see your husband the same. I got that advice, Sada, at least 20 times. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to your parents about your problems or your family members. SubhanAllah. And the last thing we wanted to end with this marriage episode is about communication. And knowing that there's good communication, there's bad communication, and even giving someone the silent treatment or being silent is still communication. Yeah, and honestly, I think giving someone the silent treatment, any relationship, not just marriage, is like the worst thing that you can do to someone. And I know sometimes it's for you to get your point across. 
But I feel like that time that you're wasting ignoring your spouse yeah. or ignoring the person, you could have already solved the problem, Very right? True. If you just openly talked about what was bothering you or if you straight up just asked them, hey, what's wrong? What's yeah. going on? And I think that was one of the things that Shala mentioned. She said like when she looks back to all those times where she maybe did the silent treatment to her husband or just ignored the problem, like it was time wasted. Time she'll never get back. And one tip she gave that I absolutely loved was like when you are in the middle of an argument and you feel like it's getting too heated, you don't even know how to stop the argument. She said that her and her husband said, okay, we're going to have a word. And that when once this word is said by either partner, the conversation is going to end. And it will be picked up at a moment where you can really resolve the issue. And I thought that was such a great tip. The fact that she reached that level of understanding that once this word is said, it had to have been established from both partners wanting this. Yeah. You cannot make communication in your marriage happen or healthy communication happen unless the other partner wants it. So you have to make these conversations with your husband. You can't just expect them to just be perfect in these, all these qualities that are very, very tough to have. So communication, right? The first sense that you have while you're in your mother's womb is hearing. And I feel like when we think of communication, we only think about expressing ourselves. But that's only half of communication. The other half is what? Listening. Listening, right? And we never give that half. We give that maybe 5%, yeah. 10%. But when I'm communicating, I'm the only one speaking and you have to listen. But when you are in any relationship, it has to be 50-50. And sometimes even more than that. Some moments you're allowed to speak more and some moments you should be listening more. And we haven't mastered listening. We are like professionals in speaking and expressing ourselves. But subhanAllah, some marriages are different. Yeah. One of my friends, she was saying like, She's a great listener and her husband's a great speaker. But there are moments where she wants to talk, but because he's so used to her just being the listener, like he, she doesn't really get that opportunity. She doesn't get that time to vet and it's not even expected of her because, you know, his expectations of her is just like, you know, always be listening, always be understanding. And it all goes back to communication, right? If you feel like you're not talking enough or you're not being heard, you can tell your spouse, hey, can I speak? And that's how you get your spouse used to you guys both talking and coming to an agreement instead of, oh, you know what? He's always talking. He doesn't give me a chance to speak. Yeah. Let me completely ignore him or give him the silent treatment. Yeah. Right? And so that's what Shala was mentioning. Just being open and honest to your spouse can make such a huge difference in yeah. the relationship. And when you are communicating, an advice that I received once, and it was one of my favorite, I use it in everything in my life, is never use absolutes. Never say you always do this or you never do this because it's not true. And when you're trying to get your message across, they're never they're not looking at your emotion they're looking at you're wrong I, I i do do this sometimes when you say oh you never listen or you never help all he's thinking of is the moment he is listening and he is helping you yeah. right and he's not understanding that in this moment you need him yeah. and you using those absolute has literally derailed him from th seeing the actual picture that you're trying to bring him to and in your mind you're trying to bring something to his attention right and mm -hmm. you're trying to insult one part of him but to him it's like an attack you're insulting him as a person yes and so that's why it's really important to not be that way every moment that you are in an argument to try to stay even if you're thinking it try to stay away from those absolutes right commenting yeah. on his character him as a person and with communication like there's something you have to remember he is your husband she is your wife but she is not your emotional dumpster where you just get to constantly just throw everything that you're feeling onto her or onto him. They have their own life. They have their own thing going on and, and whatever it is they're dealing with. And for you to just only be speaking to your wife or the majority of the conversation is just you dumping yourself onto them and everything that you're going through and all these emotions, it's heavy on you. Imagine it on her or on him, knowing that your conversation shouldn't just be led by that. And that's what Shala mentioned. She was saying that yesterday that you should be having those check-ins yeah. every month or so. And then even weekly, like having like those date nights or having some intimate time alone 
where you guys get to watch a movie, play a game, and I feel like playing games really brings out like a, a different personality. That has a game addict, guys. <laughs> a, a different personality. Like it yeah. makes them more innocent, brings them back to their childhood, like makes things fun. Yeah. Right? And not personal. It makes you forget about like the problems that you're facing and like the small issues and whatnot. So make your marriage fun. I don't even hear that anymore. Marriage is fun. Yeah. All you hear is marriage is a huge responsibility. Yeah. Marriage sucks. Stay single. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, like, you know, make your marriage fun. Like, allow, even if it is for like 20 minutes a day or an hour a week find those moments where you get to really enjoy your partner so the final note we wanted to end this episode on was things that are like we said absolutely unacceptable emotional and physical abuse if you are facing this then you definitely need to involve a third party and seeing what to do to protect yourself mentally and physically when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that men are قوامون, like they are in standing right men take this as a as a means of controlling their wife the husband who is controlling who has pride it's rooted to arrogance right it's rooted to them thinking that they need to control you and that you don't know what's best for you and they have to tell you how to live your day-to-day actions something that I really wanted to mention was that as women now we are individuals and we are hardworking and we take care of our but we have to know that once we get married this person this man Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it his obligation to take care of you financially and to keep you safe allow him to do so not saying you don't have to work but make sure he is the one that is your protector after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is to make sure that you are always safe and if you are in your daily routines not saying you have to tell your husband every little move you do but if you're doing something that is out of your schedule you should be letting your husband know letting him know where your whereabouts are so going back to you know what's unacceptable is when a husband feels like a man should be superior and that's something we have to consider too my rights what i bring to the marriage are not superior to his and neither are his to mine we complement one another Never think that, oh, looking at your spouse, they don't bring nothing to the marriage. They do bring their half and you bring your half. Focus on your half. Learn the rights of your husband. The rights of a husband and the rights of the wives are not just black and white. It's by circumstance. It's by, you know, how you see one another. And when involving a third party, when you feel like this is getting too much on your end, we know we said, like, don't involve your parents. We were talking about, like, the small fights or like a fight you know you get, you're going to resolve soon but when it's something that's very major you really have to consider one person maybe in your family or in your circle that you know will help fix the problem and not egg you on and he is to bring one person from his side that will fix the problem as well and you guys talk it out maybe even with a sheikh and if this is something that's abusive just know that in islam this is not something that's promoted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say marriage is to control someone, right? I know a lot of our cultures are toxic, but Islam is not. Marriage is supposed to be, like Asada mentioned, something beautiful, something to look forward to, something to enjoy. This is something to make your life in Jannah and on earth better. So inshallah, next week, we're going to talk about that more with our divorce episode. And like we mentioned earlier, like when you're learning about marriage or learning about anything, you learn it completely. Jazakumullahu khairan. Tune in next week for our last episode of the series. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.